You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan. On this episode, I sit down with Chris Alston, Carl Garcia, and Lance Lawson to talk about the Awakening Series, how we've seen God awaken us over the years, and how we hope to see God does that in the life of Clear Creek Community Church. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, man, good to be here. All right, so we are in a uh, series called Awakening, where we're talking about God's uh, movement in our heart, asking Him to uh, awaken us as, uh, as, as four men, but also as an entire church, that God would do this movement in us that shapes us and our families, our community, yeah. and all the way to the ends of the earth, which is uh, obviously a big ask, but God does yeah. that. He's done that throughout history, and so we want to see Him do that again for us. So I uh, want to have an opportunity for us to talk about and share some stories about how we've seen God do that in our life. Um, you know, we've all been followers of Jesus for a number of years, decades, and uh, there's been different moments and different seasons where God has done an amazing work in us. And so, wanted us to be able to share some of those stories yeah. and what are some of the things that we've seen God uh, teach us that then impact those those long seasons where he's not doing this big work, but it's just that the every ordinary times of, of walking with him and growing as a follower of Jesus. Um, so that's, that's the trajectory of our conversation today. So, so when you think about how God's worked in your life um, in the past, what have been some of those major moments or major seasons that you automatically think about like, yes, God, God did that in my life. All at once? All at once. Everyone jump, in, do, Carl. jump in. Chris, I'll take it. Chris, yes. take it away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good, Carl. Okay. Lance, you got this. Carl. <laughs> you know, um, Ryan, whenever I think about that, the way uh, that I've seen God work like that, it's it's been in the moments of my life uh, where I think I've, I've cried out to him or I've needed him the most. Uh, I think of a season uh, probably ended some four years ago, but I'd gone probably four or five years uh, with a tough season with one of my adult children not speaking to them. And, you know, you'd think that the weightiness of that, uh, although it did wear on me, but it would, uh, it could create this distance, like, you know, thinking, where are you, God? But really, it was just the opposite for me because I had such a a deep need uh, for him in those seasons, not only for praying to him to call my son back, but also that he would keep me just in a posture of humility, a posture of love, and a posture of grace for when my son did return, and he did. So, mm. super sweet moment for me. Mm. What about you other guys? What, what comes to mind? Yeah, one of the first things that jumped to my mind was kind of like my late teens, early 20s, just beginning to move into some kind of an adulthood and figuring out what life is gonna look like and just really encountering God in some fresh ways that I never encountered him in. You know, feeling like I had some real clarity, some real guidance. Um, Felt like I was, you know, pursuing him, and he was responding in ways that I never knew God could respond. And so that's one of the first instances I think about when I think about just a an awakening for me. Can you share some of those sins with us, Chris? <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff going on that season. <laughs> I'm uh, similar in that the first thought starts probably in my teenage years, in like those camp and retreat experiences uh, that. What I what I appreciate about teenagers, uh, and I experience myself, is that when God works in their life, they can turn their life on a dime. Like, be going one direction, God changes it, and they just 
life is completely different from that day forward. And whereas as adults, like when God begins to work on us, it seems like we're just so slow to really change our lives and, and young people change their lives quickly. So I experienced that. Um, but then the other times in my life that come to mind are like Carl said, when, when I'm seeking God, I have a reason or a need, something's going on and I, I'm pursuing him and he answers. And sometimes those answers take a while. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But but like those are the times I look back and like, man, he was at work yeah. in me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Other times I think about just like in transitions in life. Like I think about when I was you know transitioning, um, just a job opportunity, like moving from one city to the next. You know those kind of transitions. You know, you're, you're, there's so much uncertainty. You, got, you maybe feel like you're trying to move out on some kind of faith or you feel like you're being obedient to God, but you're not sure yet until you get yeah, there, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, and yeah, those were moments I think back to, you know, that just some of the key transitions in my life where it's like, man, God, God showed up big in those moments, you know, because there was, there was so much uncertainty and yet trying to live out of faith and obedience to what I felt like he was telling me to do. Yeah, it always seems that when I think of that also, for me, it was always... It always seems to to come out of of a season where there was a deep longing that I had. Mm. You know what I mean? Where I was, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the 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 mountaintop moments of my life. It seems like it was more often just the valleys. Not that I didn't see him or I wasn't just awakened to his goodness at those times, but maybe I was seeking him more and just saw his presence more. Yeah, and and life changes will do that to you when you yeah. have kids. Or something happens with a relationship, like yeah, yeah, all that can instigate or prod you to seek the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say for me, one of the ones I think about would be my transition from college to, I guess, adulthood. What you would say? I mean, so Lindsay and I got married right at the end of college. So I mean, it was like all of a sudden. I mean, I was I grew up. Yeah, man. yeah. It wasn't <laughs> just like adult. yeah. I was I was I was a husband now, and so. Um, Throughout all that, it was I was I was figuring out and learning about giving for the first time. Like I remember reading some books about, um, you know, how God God's heart for the world and for you know poverty and missions, and it was sort of like shocking to me about what God is doing. And it I felt like God was stirring in me to uh, help begin my adulthood, my marriage with uh, a, a financial foundation where he's at the center. And it was really challenging. It was really good because I mean, it was sort of like my first few paychecks. It was now I'm thinking about these things that I hadn't really been thinking about and uh, really formative. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting though, is I think back about that and maybe y'all alluded to this as well is sometimes those experiences for me, it's like when I'm going through it, it doesn't feel like an awakening. Like it doesn't really feel like God's necessarily moving, but then when I'm removed and I think back, yeah. it's, I don't know if it's a rose colored glasses thing where I'm looking back at that season where I'm like, man, I was, I was probably frustrated at sometimes, uh, feeling like maybe stagnant in my faith or not feeling like I'm really hearing from God. But when I look back, it's like, oh no, like God was actually moving in some really big ways. And I was learning some things that maybe at the time it felt like God was almost silent. And um, again, I don't know if I'm just looking at the positive stuff or if that's, no, that's actually kind of how it works a lot of times. It's like God is doing a work of awakening in you without you really realizing it until after. Yeah. Do you feel that way or? I mean, I do. I think, you know, I think through the fact uh, that I lived a lot of my adult life away from Jesus. And so I have this clear picture of what it looks like to try again and again and again in my own strength. 
I have this clear picture of what it looks like to have this self-reliance, this, you know, just pick yourself up by the bootstraps, try harder, do more, and how you see the futility in all of that. And so, you know, you have this grand awakening of, or one, me, I have this grand awakening when I come to faith in Jesus later on and have an understanding of who he is. But still, there the the moments that happen after that, I feel like God had given me a gift in that awakening of when I came to, to faith in, in Jesus, but still that in him, I could find the fullness of the things that I would want because I had spent all of these years back here as a fool. Mm-hmm. And so it was. it's repeatedly good for me again and again and again to be awakened to that. Is that... Yeah. Does that make sense yeah, to you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, mine, I think mine's probably what you're talking about. It's kind of like you know when you're going through it in those seasons. I was pursuing Jesus, but at the same time, there were some hard, hard decisions to be made. There was some confusion and you know directions ought to go and those kind of things. And yet, you look back and go, "Wow, that was that was really difficult." Now that I think about it, but yet on the other side of it, you see all that God did after the fact. And you're going, "Man, it was it was all worth it to go through those ups and downs and battles and." painful moments, yeah. you know, and yet mm-hmm. you look back and go, man, God was guiding that whole thing. Yeah. So what's it like in those those times when, as a pastor, you're sitting down with people who are are coming to you, coming to you in those moments where they realize they have this need for God to, to work in them because things are starting to fall apart, whatever that might be. What's it like to walk with people knowing that they're in this place that, man, God's you know, primed to move right now. And he's, he's just about to, they don't see it yet. They don't feel it yet, but you know, man, th- this has the makings for this awesome story. If you would just, you know, walk with Jesus right now, what's that like? Shameless plug, small group. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I always encourage people uh, when I'm pastoring someone through a challenging season uh, oftentimes the right place for them to be is in community with people that will give them that regular uh, sense of assurance, that regular sense that God is sovereign, God is on the throne, God is in control of all of this. And I think sometimes we need that. And I think when I say we, I mean the people we're pastoring in addition to ourselves, that we need people around us that are going to continue to point us to the cross and remind us of the goodness that we're only going to find in the gospel and the faithfulness that we'll see in Jesus. And that's the beauty of just being accessible in those moments, you know, because again, if, I think men, maybe more so than women, maybe when a man calls and says, hey, man, can we talk? You're going, they're not just calling to talk about just day-to-day stuff. They'll you see go, the game? They'll go have yeah. a drink to talk about that, you know, yeah. but if they if they want to talk, you know, there's already something stirring in them that, that's maybe painful that, you know, they're, they're experiencing some deep hurt, maybe some regrets, you know, so I think part of getting to be a pastor in that moment is to just be accessible to dudes in that moment and just go, all right, let's spill it, man. What's going on? We're, we're going to take the gloves off. We're going <laughs> to take the mask off and let's just get real because there's something going on there. And it might mean you're going to go through some some honest conversations in the midst of it. But again, that's the beauty of having walked with Jesus for a while and seeing this happen in a lot of people's lives. Like, But I also see what God can do through this moment, even though maybe you feel like there is no hope. There's no hope or there's no way out. You know, You can at least begin to speak some hope into some of that. Yeah, yeah. I, it, this is a great joy of being a pastor mm-hmm. uh, is that we get the privilege to be a part of, of people's lives in the highs and the lows and uh, to, to just be present for God at work. And yeah. I, I can't imagine 
doing anything else. I mean, it, it is a great joy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you think about those times, those moments or seasons where God, you know, awakened you or a significant time of growth. Um, we talked about those, that, what led to those experiences, one being, you know, being in a time of need. Are there other things that you think of that have led to those experiences for yeah. you? Um, some people in my life and just my, my proximity to them, to see someone follow Jesus and uh, to experience them following Jesus has awakened me at times. I can think, I mean, I could tell story after story, but like when, when my wife, when Danya is walking in grace and shows me grace and it's like, I, that is so formative for my soul or the time, I, like you and I spent a year with Greg reading this big theology book and it's like just being around Greg, who's this godly man uh, and the way he formed us in that time, like man, being around God's people is uh, something that leads to transformation and awakening for me. Hmm. And you might expect to say that, I mean, I think it's just being in God's word. Yeah. Um, so when I was thinking about the, my early transition in late adolescence and adulthood, I mean, it really was a season where, like, I'd, I'd probably never really read the Bible, you know, up to that point. And I was just in a season where it's like, man, I was just, I was just wanting to to read Scripture. And so I literally brought this is this is the Bible from that season, and I kept it because I keep it on my shelf as a reminder, kind of that season, because like. I tore this thing up. I mean, part of it is I didn't have an office or I didn't have a nice leather chair to sit down and read my Bible. I was a college kid. So I was dragging this thing in a backpack all over the place and reading it. But I, I want to hang on to this particular Bible because it was just a marker for me of, man, just getting to God's Word and seeing how much clarity He gave me to where He wanted me to go, what He wanted me to do, how He wanted me to live. I'm like, I don't want to forget that moment, you know, but it all came through just knowing God through His Word. Mm-hmm. Carl, you got anything else? In there? No, I'd say the same thing. I mean, I even, I even feel like, uh, even most recently, you know, coming out of this season of COVID and you know all the election strife and some of the the racial strife that was going on, that I just felt a little bit of that uh, at my campus in different situations and things that were going on, and just sitting with God, sitting with God, and opening the Bible and reading you know, different passages of scripture that were just nourishing for me, just things that really helped awaken me, that helped restore me. Uh, and so there's a sweetness of that, that I, I, I think God just does it again and again and again when, when you have that discipline in your life that you sit with him. And so it's, it's a, a repeated sweet thing, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, obviously add to that Prayer. Do you read I mean, your Bible? I do. I okay. read the Bible. Good. Yeah. Just checking. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, on Sundays. Just <laughs> <laughs> when you're preaching. When I'm preaching, that's the thing I want to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I think prayer is another thing that's, you know, been one of those uh, things that God has uh, definitely used, you know, whenever, uh, whether it's because of the, those seasons of desperation where you're crying out to God. Um, but I think also just wanting more out of prayer for my, in my own heart, like realizing that, like, I, I feel like I'm just, you know, asking God for stuff. Like here, my, my prayer life is a laundry list of things that I'm wanting him to do. Um, and so you hear about these people and you read about, you know, that have this vibrant prayer life where they are, are in the presence of God. And so those seasons where I was, I'm asking God, what is that like? I feel like I'm missing that. Can you like, show me what it's like to just sit in your presence? And, um, I think that's an interesting question to ask because then when God starts to, to do that in you, it, uh, 
you, you just kind of awaken like, oh, I've been missing out on a significant part of my, my spiritual formation by yeah. just doing prayer in this small, small way. You know, it's a significant way to ask God to do things, but there's so much more mm-hmm. to prayer and walking with, with him than that. All right, let me ask you this. All right, um, so what you talk about transitions and how, you know, how God can sometimes work in those transitions. I think when people, um, when people join the staff of a church, they assume that all of a sudden that like, God's gonna like, you know, flip a switch in them. You know, like that, like, man, reading the Bible is gonna be different. Uh, praying is gonna be different. Like gathering together with other staff people, it's like gonna be like gathering in like a small group every day. Was, was that your experience moving on staff at a church? If you can think back to the first time that happened. <laughs> I've, been on, I've been on church staff since I was 20 years old. So yeah, that was a long time. That, that's yeah. all about all I can remember. So yeah. maybe some of you guys that you know, came yeah. out of a work world, that's a little different than that. I don't know. I feel like that's a loaded question. Some of it's trying to like maybe dispel what people might expect when they're going to join a right. church staff. Like all of a sudden, like God's going to speak to you in a different way. No, and so yeah. did that happen to you? Like, no. I, I mean, it's not like we start every day with somebody on a guitar and worship songs before every meeting. Like it, does, it doesn't. We we work uh, just like um, you know. I worked before I was on uh, staff at a church. It, it is interesting to have so much of my day and work devoted to the things of the church, but uh, no, I mean, ultimately God doesn't speak to me differently. If I'm not, if I'm not devoting myself to him, if I'm not being disciplined with my time and uh, reading his word and praying, like you've said, outside of my work hours, then it's, it's just a job. I mean, he's not really awakening me. I don't know if that, that makes sense. Like uh, if anything, I have found it, uh, challenging in a way I didn't expect. Because before, uh, I, I mean, I had a job where I would be out on construction sites and around all kinds of people. And it was like to, to turn toward God when I got back in my truck or to have space in my day where I'm focusing on him was so different than any other part of my day. Whereas now it's not different. Like in, in a sense, I'm thinking about the church and the things that uh, God wants to do all the time. And so it, it almost requires more discipline for me in this in this role than before. Hmm. What about you, Carl? Whenever you joined staff, what was your experience like? Yeah, I when, when I think about that, you know, the first part of it, I feel like that God was calling me to come do this, and mm-hmm. so you know, it was fourteen years ago that uh, roughly fourteen years ago that I, I came on staff here, and so there was that aspect of it. But uh, when I got here, I didn't I didn't feel like you know all of a sudden somebody's going to have some responsibility to, you know, disciple me every morning to do this. I didn't feel that way. I, did, I didn't come in like that, so I didn't necessarily feel like that. I think one of, the, one of the joys that I do have of being here, you know, there's guys like Chris. I tell them all the time, Chris just has, is the eternal optimist. And I appreciate that. I'm not a pessimist, but I think I'm a realist. <laughs> so there's times that things just may feel heavy or challenging. And and again, Chris's Chris's hope is 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 seated in the gospel, is seated in the truth of God's love for him in Christ. And so there's an aspect of that really that I appreciate with all of you guys. And so there is that side of it that uh, we are able to encounter here. But look, we're still broken people. Dylan, you know, amidst a, a broken bunch of people running the church and, you know, a bunch of broken people in the church. So still a lot of the same problems exist. Yeah. 
Yeah. How about for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I had some sort of, you know, special awakening, like the first day of work. Uh, I think I probably <laughs> came in with a little bit of a assumption that like, yeah, if I'm going to be studying the Bible and reading different things as part of my job, then like, that's going to be like, I don't know, it's going to be more spiritually fulfilling for me. And uh, I wouldn't say there's anything special or different about there's, that. There's, there's like, nothing spiritually fulfilling about, <laughs> yeah, yeah. about this job at all. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> yeah mainly just emails and everything. Uh, but I mean, you know, I guess I expected like, oh, yeah, I'm going to like want to have a quiet time a whole lot more, you know, and it was just, no, I mean, it was uh, obviously spending time with God, but I mean, it's uh, whatever God calls you to do as your vocation, you know, uh, he can he can move in the same way whether or not it's you know working in the church sure. and with with not I mean obviously there's some unique aspects of our job that um, you know most everyone that we work with at our job are Christians uh, you know there's some that, <laughs> most for sure most of them <laughs> yeah uh, so I mean obviously we're all in the you know rowing the same direction we all believe the same things we're all you know supportive and and pray for each other that we can if there are conflicts we're all you know, supposed to be calling each other to the gospel and trying to deal with those conflicts in a um, in a gospel centered way. So, I mean, that's different than other workplaces. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's not like God's going to work in a in, in our lives differently than someone else's necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, um, we still seek Him and want to pray and 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 read read the Word. So, yeah. All right, when you think about big lessons that you've learned through those seasons, that now you know, shape how you walk with God today? What are some of those, those lessons that you draw out? Uh, one for me is just uh, input. Uh, so because of what I did before, I spent a lot of time in my truck driving from place to place. And man, I kept talk radio on all the time. And mm-hmm. just, just like uh, I, I came to, re- I have come to realize over the years that what I allow to uh, soak into my uh, my headspace really affects me, and so, man, what's the loudest voice I'm listening to? And sometimes, I, you know, I don't you don't even realize what it is that's influencing you in the way that it is. But I I came to realize that I need to have space a, in my life where God's word is the loudest voice, and if it's not, that that affects me. So I, I've I've learned to be disciplined and, and not let something else out in the world. Speak louder than the Lord. Hmm. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I think um, I remember long ago before I joined a, a pastor or a church staff role. I don't know if it was a seminary or someone else just recommending a pastor recommending like uh, you can never get to where your time reading the Word is only when you're preparing for a sermon. Right. And so it's always kind of stuck in my okay. I'm never going to get to that point. Um, but it's it is easy to get to that point where it's like you you feel like you're constantly you're 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 spending time with God to be able to put things out you know, mm-hmm. um, and I've just kind of sort of realized that reading God's word like whatever is coming in like it has to be a priority and it has to be like for the formation of my own soul and if God wants to use that as a output for some somebody else or whatever that might look like then then He can do that and so I think. Um, yeah, like for my small groups over the however many years I've been a small group leader at Clear Creek, um, we've always just we've just studied the Bible because it's like I want to study the Bible every day. Uh, I want you guys in the small group to study the Bible every day, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to study the Bible, and then we're going to come together and then talk about what God's teaching mm-hmm. us. And that's been 
you know, hugely formative for me. So that's one of the big lessons that I've learned is that's got to be priority in my life. And so how do I do it? Well, I just make everybody in my small group do it with me. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any lessons learned? What else? I mean, it sounds, I think it's similar. I mean, I think about if you want to know God, you got to seek him. And, you know, I think about the pastor says, seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. And so, again, if you're really looking for Jesus, like he's there, you know, but what are you doing to create space and listen and get in his word, you know, so you can really hear and be led by him. So, yeah. All right, Ryan, repeat that question to me. What's a, a lesson that you've learned just in those moments that God has grown you that then have now shaped the other times where you're walking with him, yeah. just in the ordinary of life? Yeah. So I, w- I would, I want to answer that um, in a way that I'm, I'm talking about kind of what I do today as a pastor. Um, and, and what I find is that I have to maintain a posture of humility and a posture, a posture of vulnerability. And, and what I mean is that in that I have, to be, I have to be willing and brave enough to say when I'm, uh, when I'm scared when I'm sad, when I'm concerned about something, and not have the face of the pastor that has it all together. And God's shown me in that, that I'm able to do that here. I can do that, and and I think that makes me a better leader. I think that makes me a better pastor because I don't hide behind the veil of perfection. And God's shown that to me, you know, again, over the last 14 years that I've been here. So that's been really been a freeing gift for me as well. Mm. Yep. So when you think about revival or awakenings, um, sometimes it feels like we talk about it at the, as these significant jumps forward, jump, jump forward in our faith. And so there are these, um, almost like these sprints, but the, the journey of faith is really this long marathon. And so how do you think through these moments where it's almost like intervals and you're running this race where it's like God's doing this thing in you and it, you know that at a certain point, it's gonna be this, it's gonna go come and go, there's gonna be ups and downs, but yet he's, he's forming you for the long haul. And so even as we're, we're praying that God would awaken us, we wanna see him do this thing in us. Is there an aspect of that where you're, you're thinking through not just, all right, we're going to get, you know, we want to see God do this in this season right now, but we actually want to see that season then be something that happens for the long haul. You know, that, that it doesn't become, man, God lit this spark. And then, you know, five years later, 10 years later, we all just kind of went back to normal, but it's, it's a stride for that. Then we, we build off of. So how do you, how do you uh, think through both aspects of spiritual growth, right? The long haul, but then also these, these spurts, I guess. I think when we think about spurts, sometimes we think about emotional experiences. Yeah. It's kind of what I think about, what I think people think about. It's like, if I have this high with God where I've had this big experience and that was my catalytic moment or whatever, uh, I think that sometimes we we long for that to be the normative. Mm-hmm. When I think most of the times, those things are just to, to be catalytic to make us live with the ordinary. Mm. You know, it's not like we live with the ordinary and wait for that big moment. We have a moment that really is just preparing us to live every day with Jesus in a way that's probably not going to be nearly as emotional 
as you might think, you know? And yeah. so, and I don't know if it's those times are times that we even can create. I mean, yeah, can we go to a retreat and meet with God? But sometimes those catalytic moments just happen when we least expect them, right? I mean, it could be because of a, a painful experience that comes in our lives that creates that catalytic moment. It could be one of those transitions we talked about, or it could just be God just shows up in a way that you didn't expect him to show up. And that's catalytic for now. You're like, wow, that just solidified my faith to be able to walk faithfully through just the mundane. Yeah, that's great. Anything else to add to that? I mean, that was, that was really like yeah. one of the... He got the answer the, right? The, yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that was like right, the, next that, question. That, that was one of the things that we, we talked through the very first message of the Awakening series was, yeah. you know, historically, they haven't been driven by this emotional stirring of people, but it's been about believing certain truths, which kind of highlights, it's the, it's the long haul nature of it all. Yeah. Um, but yet, but still within these revivals and these awakenings, there was still this mm -hmm. surge forward yeah. where uh, people had this great desire to, to grow in Christ and, um, and have long-term impacts. So, yeah. Um, as you think about awakening and asking God to awaken you in this, in this new year, how have you seen God work so far in you um, and maybe just your family around you? Lance, you think you get the question right on the first yeah. shot? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be different for each of us. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so for me, um, I've just been in an extended season of suffering physically uh, with chronic pain and have, have learned for the first time in my life how challenging something like that is. Uh, and so I've, I've openly said, in fact, in the last sermon I preached, uh, that I, I've learned that I don't suffer well. And uh, in that, I, I have I've wanted to suffer alone, uh, and and not depend on God in the the darkest moments. And I don't know why that that brokenness exists in me. But uh, when I'm thinking about awakening for me, uh, what I'm asking God to do, what I'm desperate for Him to do, is to meet me where I'm at. If I'm being honest with you, is mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm I am desperate for Him in a way I wouldn't be without what I've been going through for the last 10 months. Yeah. Man, yeah, I definitely appreciate you sharing that. I think that's something that we've all been praying for you about and mm -hmm. it's been a long a long walk yeah. for you. And well, so, yeah. I'm grateful for all the people yeah, man. in my life that have uh, cared about that. But so I think my answer to that because of what I'm going through is just like so laser focused mm. that I haven't, I haven't had space to think about it any other way. Yeah. So, yeah. you guys. Yeah, I think, you know, in one of our recent messages in this series, is just kind of like being awakened to just personal holiness. You know, we were using Isaiah passage out of Isaiah 6, and, you know, it's one of those things like, yeah, man, we can look really good, but is there really a pursuit of holiness? You know, we can, we can be doing moral things and staying away from maybe big things that people might consider, you know, sinful behaviors, but yet is there really just a continual pursuit for holiness that, you know, the things that, you know, offend God or they offended me, you know, the things that I've become compromising in, am I being honest about those things and repenting of those things? And so that's kind of where this season and this series, I think is just, again, causing me to go, you know what, do I really see God for how big God is? And therefore, do I see my own sinfulness for what it is? Am I really pursuing the holiness? So. That's what I'm trying to push into. Yep. What about you, Carl? One of the things that uh, I feel a burden for as, as leaders of the different churches that we lead, campuses that we lead, um, 
is being able to do that with this, the, the integrity, the biblical integrity to lead the church. And um, Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I'm like, man, I want to continue to pray that because that's the man that I want to be. And if you look at the context of that, it's in Psalm 51.10, and it's this Psalm of David after he's pretty much been busted about uh, the encounter he had, mm-hmm. and he's praying this. And you know, he's saying, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And I'm like, that's where I want to be. I, w- I want to be at that place where, as I as I lead through this, that I'm doing it with this this integrity that I that I know and trust and believe in the joy, the joy of the salvation that we have in God, and that that I want to do it where where I have this heart that's just renewed. Mm-hmm. I want this spirit to be renewed in me on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm praying towards and and hoping towards. Yeah, yeah. For me, I it. It really started, you know, during the forty days of prayer and fasting, and just really growing in uh, my awareness uh, of God's presence. You know, I think that that concerted time of praying and knowing other people are praying about the same thing. I think even just the, the week that we prayed for personal holiness mm-hmm. was uh, impactful for me. Um, and then even starting this this series in the new year, feeling like, all right, even even just in those few weeks of of having less of an emphasis and and not, you know, I had fasted from like uh, my phone, basically just, it was almost like a dumb phone. I mean, I didn't really have it. I wasn't <laughs> using it for anything really. And uh, just the clarity and the, the time that that freed me up, you know, just like the mental uh, clarity I had from not always just looking at my phone for whatever. And um, I'm like, ah, oh, I, I really, I missed that. So it's kind of like, Almost like, all right. This isn't just like a period of fasting. This is like, this is what my rhythm of life needs to be. Like, I just feel like, in order for me to really grow with God, I I need to put a little bit more restrictions around that, just because it helps me to uh, seek Him and be aware of His presence more. Versus just, you know, it's almost like the input stuff. It's like I just get filled up with whatever it is. I'm listening to something, watching something, reading something. Um, you know, so it's been it's been a good season of growth for that. Or you think about. Um, what are your hopes for for Clear Creek in this season where we're all asking, Lord, would you awaken us? What do you hope for Clear Creek? And maybe we're all going to say the the right answer or the same thing, but just yeah. just you know whatever your hopes are. I'll start. I mean, mine is I just want us to meet Jesus in the ordinary. Mm. You know, because again, we're we're just walking through life, right? I mean, we're just doing life. We're on the ball field. We're cooking dinner. We're taking out the trash. We're getting up, going to work early. And yet, man, how do we just live with Jesus just in the everyday, ordinary aspect of life? But part of that means like in that, I mean, like God starts opening our eyes to really how, how big he really is and what has felt ordinary in the past, all of feel, all of a sudden begins to feel extraordinary, right? Because you're kind of like, wow, I thought I was just doing everyday life and all of a sudden I'm seeing God moments all over the place because I've been walking with Jesus in the ordinary, mm-hmm. you know? So that's that's kind of my hope is that our, myself, the people that we get to lead that, man, they're just faithful followers of Jesus and all of a sudden they just start to see God doing all kinds of stuff that they didn't think God could do in the ordinary, you know? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, quite similar. Uh, that you know, Jesus says he's the light of the world, and uh, the church is the body of Christ. Like, I, I I hope that as a people we 
Uh, we're awakened not just to who God is, but what he wants for us, uh, and that we devote all of who we are to him, mm-hmm. heart, soul, and mind. Like every, There's not a place in our life that we keep from him where he's not king. And uh, and then when Jesus says, you know, that's the greatest commandment, second one is like it, is love your neighbor as yourself. That we, in a world that is so divided, and so there are so many voices that are so loud that that we as a people, the people of God, would just love each other. Not just love each other, but love the world, love the people of the world in a way that changes it. Because, uh, you know, it seems like it's just becoming more and more divided. Uh, Ryan, when I think about this, it almost goes back to your sprint and your, uh, you know, your sprint and your... Uh, Long run analogy, if you will. Um, I don't. I don't want uh, the the thought of revival. I don't want the thought of renewal to end with this series. Yeah. You know, I, I want it to be what we're talking about. You know, it's it's you know it's what we do. It's it's loving. It's loving the world. I want it. I want the sprint perhaps to be the series, but but I want this long run that we're doing to be a life that we live like that, mm-hmm. where we're, we're calling out to God and then we're living like that. Yep. We're, we're going and we're living and we're, we're, we're with people in the ordinary. We're meeting them there and we're loving them. And so my, my hope for a church is this, it just doesn't end with this series, yeah. that it's, it defines who we are and the way we live and love people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't have anything else beyond that to say, but I just, I hope that what God does in us where we, uh, experience his presence and we're shaped to such a degree that um, th- that it points people to Jesus. You know, I think we, you know, our, our world just becomes more and more apparent. It's always been apparent, but more and more apparent of just the, um, just the desperation that people have for hope and for meaning, mm-hmm. for community, um, for like the purpose they have in their life. And um, it's like what, what people turn to it's just not doing it for them. And um, I don't know if, if people are starting to realize that, but it's, it, it just feels like um, there's so much despair over it. And it's like, we, 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 have a, we have a God and a relationship with God that is the answer to all those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just, I hope that, God uses his church in the way he's working in us to help people see that, you know, yeah. that, that people will say that there's something different in the way that we love each other and the way that we um, are able to provide hope. So that's my hope. Cool. All right. Anything else about awakening? No. You covered it. Have we covered it all? Yeah. Hey, we answer that's all it. the questions. That's what we're here yeah. for. So, all right. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Hey, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.